AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for March 4th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. And this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Friday nights. Wherever you may be. Some of you actually may be in Orlando. I wish I was in Orlando with you guys, man. It's fucking cold up here. It's 30 degrees today in New York City, man. I wish I was in Orlando. Hanging out with everybody in the community, man. There's some pretty cool fucking people down in Orlando, man. Some pretty cool people attending Dynamite. Oh, not Dynamite. Rampage. Rampage, Dynamite. It's all the same shit. Rampage tonight. I wish I was there, but I'm home. I decided to cover the show this Sunday live here from the office and do everything at home. But it was a great night of wrestling tonight, man. Even WWE SmackDown wasn't as offensive as it usually has been for the past several weeks, pretty much all year so far. SmackDown wasn't as offensive tonight. I mean, we had Ronda Drowsy. She put everybody to fucking sleep. She sounded as bored as ever, man. We'll go over what happened with her. She actually made her in-ring debut tonight. On SmackDown, wrestling Sonya Deville. Ricochet versus Sami Zayn. That was the open of SmackDown. Very good match between Ricochet and Sami Zayn. Something that I actually said should have been the opening of WrestleMania 38 on either night one or night two. But what do I know? What do I know, man? I'm only smarter than Bruce Pritchard in every fucking possible way. I mean, but what do I know? What do I know? Ricochet wins the Intercontinental Championship, and then you got all the fucking shills. Why don't you let it play out? As if they expected Ricochet to win the fucking Intercontinental Championship as of two weeks ago. Why don't you just let it play out? Is what they say. As if everybody was complaining, as they should, about Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn potentially being the Intercontinental Championship match. At WrestleMania, a lot of people said it was a absolutely egregious thing to do for the Intercontinental Championship. Now everybody wants to say, well, why don't you let it play out? That's their answer to everything. That's their answer to everything, man. You know, you really don't do yourselves any favors by using the, well, why don't you let it play out? And you look like a fucking shill. Yes, because everybody expected Ricochet to win the fucking Intercontinental Championship, right? Give me a break. Give me a fucking break, man. He wins the title. 
I'll give you what I think is going to happen with Ricochet. And apparently WWE's pushing Ricochet. He's the number two babyface on SmackDown. Has anybody asked themselves why that is? Everybody thinks that Ricochet is getting some big push because WWE likes him. <laughs> you guys are some funny fucking comedians, man. You guys are some fucking comedians, i tell you that. Right now, man. Ricochet is the number two babyface on SmackDown. Why? Why is that? I'll leave it up to you guys to guess. The answer is very simple, man. It's practically right in front of your face. So we'll go over that today. Usos. Jimmy and Jay Uso versus the Viking Raiders. They had their SmackDown Tag Team Championship that was taken away from all of us at the Saudi show, Elimination Chamber. I don't know what the Usos are doing at WrestleMania. Seemingly, WWE set up their next opponents tonight right under your nose. If you blinked, you missed it. I don't think it's a great match at all. Not even a WrestleMania match. Not even a Raw or SmackDown match is it good enough, man. Usos, they're going into WrestleMania without any real competition for those tag team championships, but they did retain the tag team championships tonight against the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. And then we have Ronda Drowsy, you know, the, the, the woman that puts everybody to fucking sleep just by the mere opening of her mouth, Ronda Drowsy. Well, well I broke my hand, and then I broke my other hand, and then I came back. And I won the Royal Rumble after getting pregnant. And now I'm challenging Charlotte Flair. And I'm going to show Charlotte Flair that she's really a bitch. Ronda Drowsy. She was in the main event tonight against Sonya Deville. Really nothing of note here. It was one of her Piper Pitts fallaway slam. And that was it. One, two, three. And Sonya Deville goes right back to catering. Then we had Charlotte Flair tap out. At the end of the show, because Ronda Drowsy put her in a dreaded ankle lock. Oh my God, man, what an exciting way to end SmackDown, man. I can't wait. I don't even know what the fuck they're fighting over. What is the issue between Ronda and Charlotte, man? Is there any real tension between the two women? I don't think so. The only tension is the fact that Ronda's back. She won the Royal Rumble and she's going to WrestleMania to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Outside of that, I don't sense or feel or get any real tension between Ronda Drowsy and Charlotte Flair. This will be her new thing for the rest of the time she's on TV, man. Drowsy. Better off selling fucking NyQuil at CVS, man. Ronda Drowsy. She's putting everybody to fucking sleep. I think she needs to take some fucking quick acting lessons, man. I could go on SmackDown and have more charisma than Ronda Drowsy. So we'll talk about that and what happened there, as if anybody fucking cares. I'm sure you don't, but we'll talk about it. Also... AEW side of things, I got news. I got news. I got news on Tony Khan. He made another signing or two, possibly three. We also got news on Thunder Rosa. Apparently Thunder Rosa is quote-unquote injured, but uh, there was a lot of reports about all of that potentially being falsified. So we'll talk about that as well. And her going into that match with Britt Baker, DMD, at Revolution. And major news on Cody Rhodes, man. Major news on Cody Rhodes. Apparently, WWE talks with Cody Rhodes have quote-unquote fizzled out. I'm not so sure about that. As soon as that report hit the news, 
Then there were other reports claiming that WWE still has Cody Rhodes internally on the WrestleMania line sheet for a match at WrestleMania. Don't know what that means. But we'll go over those reports today and everything you need for your Friday night fix right here on OTS. I appreciate you guys very, very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be, man. 1,700 in the venue. Friday night's usually the slowest of the wrestling nights because, let's be real, SmackDown sucks. And Rampage, not many people are interested in Rampage, but Rampage was excellent tonight. Why? Because it was a live show. Live Rampage is the way to go. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. I see 438 likes in the live stream chat. Why? We got 1,700 people in the venue, man. We should be at at least 1,000 minimum. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and help support the show. It greatly helps me out when the podcast and the live stream gets published to YouTube. Also, Super Chats are open. We will be reading all the Super Chats at the end of the show, so get them on in, man. The, the bar, from what I can tell, man, there's a line around the fucking corner, man. Jesse is not doing his job correctly, apparently. He's uh, too busy getting raid ready in Destiny 2. Bro, put the fucking controller down. You suck. You're not on the level of me as a guardian, man. Please, just put the fucking controller away, and your tacos are shit, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to buy you a fucking yearly supply of sour cream, okay? fucking guy, man. He's at work and he's playing video games. You believe him? I gotta dump you. Fucking clown. He may or may not be on the live stream Sunday night with me talking about Revolution, man, so uh, we will uh, cross that bridge when we get there. But Super Chats are open. Speaking of the live stream coming up this weekend, I will be live for Revolution on Sunday night. Whether it's solo or with Jesse, depending on how late it is. Typically these AEW pay-per-views go very long. But I will be live, and it will be a late night on Sunday, man. So join me. Should be a good one. Also, today's show sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 to save 20% off. We got some great shit coming from Manscaped, man. Their ultra premium collection is now a thing. So you guys need to look good, smell good, feel good. You can't do that without some Manscaped in your life, man. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20. We'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. And if you missed anything on the channel, everything you need is on the homepage. Go and check that shit out, man. We did an off-the-script episode 419 talking about the ridiculous... Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee interview. I thought it was entertaining, but Vince McMahon's a fucking wrestling promoter. He's a bullshit artist. I see right through that shit. So make sure you guys go get my opinion on that. We talk about a whole bunch of shit on episode 419. Tons of news, man. Oscar news, Bailey news, Alexa Bliss news. There's uh, AEW news on there. There's uh, Keith Lee news. Lots of stuff coming out of that episode. So make sure you guys go check that out on the homepage right now if you missed anything plus the aw dynamite post show and today i'm live right here on smackdown and rampage from the ots venue 
And I appreciate you guys and all your support this week. Going to be a very, very busy weekend right here on OTS. Where do we want to start, man? I don't even know where I want to start. I, I guess we'll start with uh, with SmackDown. Because SmackDown opened up with the Intercontinental Championship match. And we had Ricochet against Sami Zayn for that uh, worthless Intercontinental Championship. Now, the reason how this match, or the reason why I should say this match came about was Sami Zayn, he defeated Shinsuke Nakamura for that Intercontinental Championship a couple of weeks ago. Then he was celebrating, and Johnny Knoxville got his ass beat. Johnny Knoxville, before he got his ass beat, challenged Sami Zayn to a match at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. And it was only last week that this happened. And last week, I said... Johnny Knoxville challenging for the Intercontinental Championship is an absolute disgrace. It's a disgrace to everybody that's held that belt. WWE, if they go through with this, it is absolutely demoralizing to the Intercontinental Championship. You might as well just scrap the entire fucking thing, to be honest with you. Johnny Knoxville challenging for the IC title, man. You got the Ultimate Warrior, Mr. Perfect, the British Bulldog. They're all rolling around in their fucking graves. The Intercontinental Championship should be right underneath the World Championships at WrestleMania. And we haven't gotten that for years. Just look at the Intercontinental Championships in the last, I would say, 12 to 18 months. Apollo Crews, Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura. A lot of nonsense. Wasted, wasted title. Wasted, wasted talent. Wasted division. Sami Zayn beat up Johnny Knoxville. It was only last week as well. Ricochet came to the defense of Johnny Knoxville and said, well, Sami Zayn, you said that you'd be a fighting champion, so I'm putting my name in the hat to challenge you for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn said no, but Adam Pearce overheard this conversation and said, you know what, I like that match. I'm going to make it for SmackDown next week. So we get to this week, and it opens the show. Now, apparently, Ricochet, I went over this on the podcast yesterday. Apparently, Ricochet is the number two babyface on SmackDown right now behind Drew McIntyre. Ricochet, according to PW Insider, Vince McMahon has decided to give Ricochet a big push on Friday night. It's great. It's great. We should all be thrilled that Ricochet is getting a big push on SmackDown. It only came four years too fucking late. Four years too late, Vince. What didn't you see in the four years that we all constantly saw every single time he was in the ring? This is just another thing that I hate about this fucking company. Ricochet was tailor-made for the main roster coming up from NXT, and they fucking secluded this guy in catering for many, 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 many months. Oh, but J.D., he was a, a U.S. champion. Yes, he was a U.S. champion. Please, in real life, what does that mean to anybody else, man? What does that mean to somebody? That means nothing. That means nothing. U.S. championship in WWE is absolutely as worthless as anything else. Women's championships, women's tag team championships, rather, U.S. Championship, Intercontinental Championship, they all have something in common, man. They're fucking worthless. doesn't matter who holds the United States Championship. You mean nothing to anybody watching the show. Mike Johnson, 
of PW Insider reports that we had some readers ask why Ricochet got such a big push last week. This is what we constitute now as a big push. Him challenging for a worthless intercontinental championship. Okay, so either A, the readers don't watch SmackDown, or B, the readers do watch SmackDown, and they're the dumbest fucking people who subscribe to a newsletter in all of pro wrestling. That's what I have to take away from that. The readers of PW Insider don't seem that bright. There's a very good explanation for that one, says Mike Johnson. Currently, he's slated as the number two singles babyface for the entire SmackDown brand internally. Ricochet is now behind Drew McIntyre as the top babyface on SmackDown. It was also said that the New Day, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rick Boogs are considered top babyface tag teams internally. So we got a top babyface tag team of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, huh? When did WWE decide to make that a tag team? They're not really a tag team. They're only a tag team because WWE realizes that their SmackDown tag team division is pretty much non-existent. So they're just tightening up the fucking tag team division by pairing two randoms together and calling them a tag team. Same thing that they're doing with Matt Cat Moss and Happy Corbin. Same thing that they're doing with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Same thing that they did with OJ, uh, OJ, AJ Styles. You see where my fucking head's at. I don't even want to be here. AJ Styles. OJ Styles. Maybe he's his cousin, man. I don't know. OJ, AJ, AJ Styles. And Omar. You know, you're like, you know how great that was, right? Omos and AJ Styles? I would rather see fucking OJ Styles and, and uh, what's his name? Omos team up. As long as it's not AJ Styles. With this news, it's possible Ricochet wins the Intercontinental Championship. This was uh, reported, obviously, earlier in the week before this match happened. As Knoxville versus Zayn doesn't need the championship, as WWE will get the publicity with or without the title on the line. Now, I said this yesterday when I reported this news. Ringside News asked around about the report that Ricochet is in line for a big push. These reports have surfaced in the past and nothing really came of it. Circumstances seem to be repeating themselves. A tenured member of the writing team tells Ringside News, Ricochet is having a good week. This week. He has a big IC title match on SmackDown. He wins the IC title. It's a good spot to be in on the road to WrestleMania. But that being said, we've been down this road before. Let's see if it lasts. End quote. Had a bunch of shills online. Well, why don't you let it play out? Is what I hear them say. Why don't you let it play out? As if they're coming to the defense with their fucking armor and their shields and their fucking spears. As they charge mightily towards all the detractors of WWE, man. You're hating WWE. We're going to war. We have to defend Vince McMahon at all costs. I'm sorry. Are you that fucking stupid? It doesn't really make you look that good. Telling you right now, it doesn't really make you look good in the public eye, man. I don't know who the fuck you're trying to impress out there. Seriously. All these people online, why don't you let it play out? 
Oh, Ricochet, I'm happy for Ricochet. Oh, this and that, Ricochet. He won the IC title. You got people saying, oh, well, he, he's a Triple H guy, right? Oh, they didn't bury Ricochet, right? Oh, JD's wrong, again. No, motherfucker. I'm not wrong. You're just so fucking gullible that you believe WWE is doing something right because you want the same thing that I want. You want them to do the right thing. But let me tell you something, man. I'm going to dip into my fucking bag of tricks again, as always, and I'm going to pull out my crystal ball. And in this fucking crystal ball, I see what's about to happen. Ricochet is going to be a transitional champion. Ricochet is going to defend that Intercontinental Championship against Sheamus at WrestleMania. If WWE was smart, they'd do a six-man ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. But uh, again, man, you know, I'm not Bruce Pritchard, okay? I'm smarter than Bruce Pritchard creatively in every fucking way. But I'm not Bruce Pritchard, man. I'm better looking than Bruce Pritchard. I'm a lot thinner than Bruce Pritchard. And I'm a lot wiser when it comes to booking his own show than Bruce Pritchard. I'm looking at my crystal ball. And I see Ricochet versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 38. Whether that's night one or night two, I don't know. Took you four years to push Ricochet. Four fucking years. And now everybody wants to throw a fucking ticker tape parade for Ricochet winning the most worthless title in all of the fucking company. You do realize that WWE had no plans to put the title on Ricochet, and the only reason why they took the title off of Rick- or off of uh, Sami Zayn to put it on Ricochet is because of all the fucking shit that WWE got from social media. They realized that they were doing the wrong thing. I don't know why they even gave the Intercontinental Championship to Sami Zayn anyway. Why did they give him the Intercontinental Championship? You could have had the same result by Ricochet beating Shinsuke Nakamura. At least it probably would have made the same impact. What, what difference does it make with Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Championship instead of Shinsuke Nakamura being the one to drop it to Ricochet? I don't get it. I don't get it. No, but they want to set up the feud with Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. Great. Now we don't have that match for the Intercontinental Championship. Johnny Knoxville could get his fucking token victory at WrestleMania over Sami Zayn. And Ricochet can go and drop the title, and everybody can fucking cry, oh, well, 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 you know, WWE treated him wrong, you know, and I got to hear all these fucking people cheering today and then fucking blasting the company in about three weeks when he loses the title at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, why would you get excited about Ricochet winning the IC title? Do you realize who books this fucking show? Do you realize who's in charge here? Ricochet is only number two on SmackDown because, let me tell you something, folks. It's not that difficult to figure out. There is nobody else. SmackDown's roster is so fucking depleted that WWE is basically forced to use somebody that they had no fucking plans to push ever. Ricochet is in a position that he's in right now because there is nobody else. If there was a brand split that wasn't in existence, if the rosters were merged, or if SmackDown had a legit fucking roster that was actually deep, and there was depth to this roster, Ricochet would not be the Intercontinental Champion, and Ricochet would not be the number two babyface on this show. Ricochet would be the number two babyface in fucking catering. Never mind SmackDown. Get with the fucking program. Everybody wants to be a realist. Everybody wants to be a fucking hopeful wrestling fan when it comes to WWE. There is no hope. With this company. None. 
Stop praying, stop hoping, and realize what the fuck is going on, man. There's nothing to give time to. Oh, let it play out. I'm letting it play out. Ricochet's going to be about three weeks in as Intercontinental Champion, and it's going right to somebody else. Give me a fucking break with this shill nonsense, this fucking white knighting of WWE. Got enough of it from fucking social media yesterday with the Vince McMahon promo or the Vince McMahon interview from Pat McAfee. Everybody's jumping in on Vince McMahon. Oh, my God, it was a great interview. Oh, my goodness. It's a great thing. Ryan Satan, the biggest WWE fucking bootlicker that is on social media. Oh, my God, it's a great thing to see Vince McMahon humanized in the general public. People will be watching this interview for decades to come, he says. I'm sorry. WWE is losing their fucking audience year after year after year after year. Who the fuck is watching this interview 15 years from now? Nobody. You know what I hope 15 years from now? Vince is not in charge, and the company is thriving without Vince McMahon at the head of creative. And Bruce Pritchard is long gone at that point. That's what I want in 15 fucking years. Everybody's claiming, oh my God, what a great interview. Yes, it was a great interview. Pat McAfee is fucking awesome. I'd love to have a show like Pat McAfee. That's exactly where I want off the script to be, and that's what I want the podcast to be in its final form. I want it to be that. But everybody's like, oh, why don't you just enjoy it for what it is and see Vince McMahon as a human instead of the businessman? I don't give a fuck about the human side of Vince McMahon. I don't give a shit. I don't know Vince McMahon. I'm not, I'm not over there for Sunday Italian dinner. I'm not taking this guy out for a couple of drinks after work. I don't fucking know this guy from another fucking hole in the wall. I don't know Vince McMahon. How the fuck do I care about the human side of Vince McMahon? You know what side I care about? The business side of Vince McMahon and the fucking show he puts on. That's the only side you should care about. There's no rubbing elbows with Vince McMahon. The human side of Vince McMahon. I'm sorry. Nobody had a problem when the guy was blatantly lying to everybody 10 minutes into the fucking interview? Holy shit, man. You guys are some gullible fucking fools. I'll tell you that right now. He's a wrestling promoter. He bullshitted you. Pat McAfee did a great job, but Vince McMahon bullshitted you. So that's the news there on Ricochet. Ricochet will be a transitional champion. This should have been a long time coming, man. Ricochet should be at the top of the fucking card. Ricochet should have been at the top of the card after one year coming up from NXT. But he's a Triple H guy. He was a Triple H guy. He was a Shawn Michaels guy. He was a William Regal guy, right? Why didn't he go anywhere? He's lucky he still has a fucking job. So the match itself was very good. The match itself was very good. Ricochet beat Sami Zayn in about nine minutes. Nine minute TV match. Fans were popping big for this one. Ricochet rolled up Zayn at the bell for a very close near fall. I thought they were going to take the title off of Zayn within 10 seconds. Right at the top, man. Quick roll up. It was a very close near fall. Followed up with a standing drop kick. He attempted a springboard clothesline. Zane avoided it. He rocked Ricochet with a clothesline to take over and slow the match down. Zane then slowed it down. Ricochet's fighting back. They ended up fighting on the apron. Ricochet went for a super kick. Zane caught his leg, hit a half Nelson suplex on the ring apron. So that looked brutal. Ricochet did a slingshot flip into a Hurricanrana. Zayn countered into a sit-out powerbomb, which looked fucking nasty. Ricochet landed right on his neck. Near fall for Sami Zayn. 
Ricochet fought back, hit a moonsault for another near fall, standing moonsault in the ring, that is. Followed up with a huge, just somersault, moonsault over the top rope to the outside. He got a big reaction from the fans. Ricochet climbed the top. Zayn cut him off. Zayn was in control again. And then all of a sudden, Johnny Knoxville's music hit as soon as Sami Zayn was back on the offensive. He got distracted by Johnny Knoxville, who walked out to the ringside area. Ricochet took advantage, caught Zayn with the Hurricanrana for the 1-2-3, and Ricochet wins the Intercontinental Championship. This is a great thing. I'm glad WWE realized, and they were absolutely going to go into WrestleMania with the Intercontinental Championship match being Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. They don't give a fuck. After everybody complained about it, they heard the chatter on the comment sections, on their YouTube videos. They heard the chatter on social media. They're like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And they made a decision today to take the title off of Sami Zayn, put it on Ricochet, have Ricochet defend that title against somebody else in a singles match or a multi-man match, and then have Johnny Knoxville get his token victory over Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And that's it. The match did not need the Intercontinental Championship, and Sami Zayn should not in any way, shape, or form have defended that title against Johnny Knoxville. So I'm glad that they did what they did here tonight. Ricochet is the new Intercontinental Champion. How long that lasts, I don't see Ricochet holding that belt past WrestleMania. I do think that Sheamus and Ricochet are going to have an Intercontinental Championship match, and I think Sheamus is going to win the only title that he's never won in WWE, and that will happen at WrestleMania. Moving on. We saw highlights of the Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee talked about competing at WrestleMania 38 and said he may not be physically ready, but he's ready to go. He was super excited about Vince McMahon offering him a spot at WrestleMania 38. So we go backstage. We see a shot of Vince McMahon's office. It's got his nameplate on the door. And apparently we're going to get Vince McMahon announcing Pat McAfee's opponent at WrestleMania 38. There was a lot of speculation about who that may be. Was it going to be Vince himself? Was it going to be Cody Rhodes? Was it going to be Austin Theory? So we now have an answer to that. And that was announced on the show tonight. Austin Theory actually came out soon as we saw Vince McMahon's door. Austin Theory came out live on SmackDown, Monday Night Raw Superstar, but he came out live on SmackDown. Theory says he competes on Raw, and he's the protege of the WWE chairman and CEO, Vince McMahon. Theory says he goes where Vince goes. Theory addressed Pat McAfee and says Vince was on his show because he set him up. So we have Austin Theory saying McAfee probably thinks Vince likes him, but he does everything for a reason and likes everyone else. He thinks McAfee is a loudmouth who needs to shut up. Theory asks McAfee what he's going to be doing when his mouth is wired shut. So Theory walks around the ringside area. He goes right up to the commentary table. McAfee stands up. Theory says he is McAfee's opponent for WrestleMania 38, and he's going to beat up McAfee and beat him to a pulp at WrestleMania. Theory smacks McAfee with the headset on and walks off. McAfee then gets up on the announce desk, and he's standing on top of the announce table. He tells Theory to come back. He called him a little bitch. 
Theory backs away to the stage, taunting McAfee and taking a selfie of himself on the ring ramp. McAfee looks on from the announce table. Michael Cole tries to calm him down at this point. McAfee puts his headset back on and keeps asking Cole who Austin Theory is. McAfee is furious, and at one point he even blamed Michael Cole for what just happened with Austin Theory. Michael Cole said, I had no idea what was going to happen. Cole asked if Austin Theory is, uh, or did he hurt? And McAfee says, no, it did not. Did the slap hurt? Or did the slap across the head hurt? And, and McAfee said, no, it did not hurt. So we got Austin Theory, as everybody kind of speculated and hoped, to take Vince McMahon's spot at WrestleMania against Pat McAfee. Now, this all started with Pat McAfee and his announcement of Vince McMahon being live in studio. And everybody was talking about Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. This is going to be the match. Vince McMahon was on the internal line sheets for having a match at WrestleMania. And WWE apparently had plans. Literally, everything was on the table. You name it, it could happen at the show. All ideas were being listened to, especially something like Vince McMahon at 76 years old getting in the ring wrestling at WrestleMania because they have to sell 100,000 seats twice on night one and night two. And Vince says or thinks, well, if nobody else is over and nobody else is capable of doing it, I'm going to have to show everybody how it's done and I'm going to have to do it myself. So he goes into the studio on Thursday. He announced that The Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame and he will be inducting The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame on Friday before WrestleMania. And then he offered Pat McAfee a match at WrestleMania 38. It's not Vince McMahon. People were speculating that it might be Cody Rhodes. That's not really a Cody Rhodes spot right there. Even though Pat McAfee did mention something about Cody Rhodes not too long ago, saying that what he did with his boys is terrible. And Cody Rhodes is apparently coming to WWE. It's great. I don't really give a shit. A lot of people speculated Cody Rhodes. I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's Austin Theory. I do have some hesitation about this. I do have some reservation about this. Number one, it's something that was born out of nothing. And some of you may not like that. Some of you may not care. I care that it's really there without much behind it. I I, I care about that stuff. We all know why Pat McAfee is getting a match at WrestleMania. WWE is at, at this point desperate to sell tickets. They're looking to do anything and get anybody with name value that's not a WWE superstar on this show. This is one of the most haphazardly put together WrestleMania shows of all time. You got Logan Paul. You got Pat McAfee. You got Ronda Rousey fucking putting everybody to sleep out there. You got Johnny Knoxville in a match with Sami Zayn. I mean, this WrestleMania... I don't know who the fuck conceived this WrestleMania card, but they should be fucking fired. This is not WrestleMania to me. Johnny Knoxville wrestling at WrestleMania is not WrestleMania to me. It never was. It never will be. Pat McAfee is another story, though. I care about story. I care about why things are happening. The only thing I could possibly come up with here as to why it's happening is because Vince wanted him to be at WrestleMania. Why? No real reason was given. And why this match is happening and why it's Austin Theory is because Austin Theory is in a program right now with Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is mentoring Austin Theory. So Vince offered McAfee the match 
and he's going to put his protege in there against McAfee, the guy who he offered a WrestleMania match to. But other than that, why are these guys feuding? What is the substance there? What is the meat and potatoes? What is the the fucking, the, the bones of this feud? Nothing. This is born out of nothing and born out of desperation. That's all it's born out of. That's the reason why this match is happening. They got to sell tickets and they're fucking getting desperate. Now, I will say this. Pat McAfee shocked the fucking world when he wrestled Adam Cole at NXT. One of the takeover shows, I don't remember which one. He was fucking great. I was very against Pat McAfee because I thought things like that are very main roster-esque. And NXT was starting to do more and more main roster-esque shit on NXT television. This is when Triple H was still somewhat in charge. Or still there behind the scenes. At least there presence-wise, he was there booking the show. I was very against Pat McAfee. Because it's everything that the main roster does and everything that NXT always shied away from. But he went in there against Adam Cole and he had a great fucking match, man. He wowed everybody. And I'm honestly excited about this match because I think Austin Theory is fucking great. I think Austin Theory has superstar potential. You're looking at the future face of this company in Austin Theory at 24 years old. And Pat McAfee, based on what he did with Adam Cole, Austin Theory is not Adam Cole, not even on the same fucking planet, but Pat McAfee is going to bring us an entertaining match with somebody in Austin Theory who I think is a very good professional wrestler. And I'm very excited to see what he can do. It may actually be the the show stealer for whatever night it's on, to be quite honest with you. And that's exactly what he did against Adam Cole. And Pat McAfee is somebody that wants to go out there and not shit it up. He doesn't want to fucking create a shitstorm of bullshit out there. He wants to go out there and fucking kill it. He's got a name to uphold. He's got a reputation to uphold. He's on the SmackDown commentary team with Michael Cole. He's got his own show. He doesn't want to go back in the studio the following week and hold his head down in shame because he had a bad match. Pat McAfee is not about having bad matches. So if he goes in there and does what he did against Cole, I'm pretty confident he's going to do the same thing against Austin Theory. But the reason why this thing is happening is because WWE is in desperation mode to sell tickets. They think that they're big enough to sell out two nights of WrestleMania at AT AT&T Stadium. This is WWE's eye-opening experience that they're not as big as they think they are. And the reason why they're not as big as what they used to be is because they've given us nothing but horrendous fucking television year over year over year over year. They've not created any new stars on television. Their roster, nobody is as big as Roman Reigns and not even close. Everybody else is way the fuck back behind Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns is the only legit star on this entire brand. Raw and SmackDown. So much so that they have to go out and get hired guns. Look at all the D-list celebrities that they got on this show. Look at the fucking Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair main event. They gave Ronda Rousey the Royal Rumble. They're headlining WrestleMania night one. Lesnar's there. Lesnar's been full time ever since he came back. He's the WWE champion. They got this unification match. 
Lesnar and Reigns, nobody even comes close. Then the rumor of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. Then the rumor of Cody Rhodes. WWE is doing anything and everything to give you a a WrestleMania show. And they're throwing shit at the fucking wall, man. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it doesn't make sense. But I'm excited about what Pat McAfee could do, man. I I think with what he did against Cole, it is going to be a real eye-opening experience for everybody that didn't see him in that match. If you guys have the network, or if it's on YouTube, go back and watch and familiarize yourself with what he did in that match. If you enjoyed what he did in that match, I expect it to be just as big, if not better, at WrestleMania because it's a much bigger stage and he doesn't want to go out there and embarrass himself. Sami Zayn was backstage. He was throwing a fit over how Johnny Knoxville fucked him over. Ricochet is the new Intercontinental Champion. And Sami Zayn was throwing everything around the backstage area. Chairs and tools and production crates. Spots the cameraman and starts ranting into the camera. Zayn officially accepted the challenge of Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Naomi versus one half of the women's tag team champions, Carmella. This lasted two minutes. So we got uh, some real exciting stuff happening here for the women's tag team championships. Said nobody ever. Naomi and Sasha Banks will be challenging Carmella and Zelina Vega. Thanks for coming for those women's tag team championships at WrestleMania. Carmella jumped out of the ring to put her mask on. Naomi kicked Carmella in the side of the head as she tried to come back into the ring. Naomi climbed the top rope. Carmella cut her off. Carmella then slowed the pace down. Don't know how you slow the pace down in a two-minute match, but here we are. Naomi fought back. She took it to Carmella with a kick to the head for a near fall. Carmella gained control. Naomi quickly recovered. Vega... Soon as she saw Naomi getting some offense and jumped on the apron, Sasha Banks pulled her off, hit the Meteora against the stairs on Zelina Vega. Naomi hit the split-legged moonsault. One, two, three, and Carmella takes another L. Apparently, Corey Graves and Carmella have that new reality series on WWE's YouTube channel, and after the first episode, not really doing all that well. I guess people don't really give a shit about the real life of Carmella and Corey Graves. My God, man, this is 
an absolute waste of fucking time. It really is. You know, I I could sit here and tell you that Naomi should be getting the match against Charlotte Flair. I know why she's not. I'm not an idiot. But Jesus fucking Christ, man, if this is the best that you got for Sasha Banks at WrestleMania, you should all be fucking ashamed of yourself. Why does it have to stop with the tag team championships? Titles that nobody gives a fuck about. Carmella and Zelina have done nothing with those championships, yet they parade around like there's some fucking great thing on WWE television. Why do we have women's tag team championships if there's no fucking tag team division in the women's division? They have no tag team division. None. So why do we have them on the show? This is the best you got for Sasha Banks? I don't understand why you couldn't turn Sasha Banks heel and feud her with the babyface Naomi and do Sasha Banks versus Naomi at WrestleMania. Seems like Sasha Banks and Naomi would be a better one-on-one match than the fucking god-awful tag team match that you're about to give us at WrestleMania. Nobody cares about the tag team titles. Seems like Naomi is taking Tony Storm's spot. Tony Storm, before she got up and left and did the smart thing, Tony Storm was kind of befriending. Sasha Banks. And it looks like Naomi has been kind of slotted in to take that Tony Storm spot that she had when she was there. I don't know why we don't get a one-on-one match. I don't know why it has to stop with the tag team championship. This is the best creative you got. Naomi, if you didn't want to put her in this shit, you could have did anything with Naomi. You could have put her against Charlotte. You could have did Naomi and Sonya and play that off. Everybody's trying to tell me, oh, well, that feud is over, J.D. That feud is over. Oh, that feud is over, man. They got to move on. You realize that Naomi was eliminated by Sonya Deville in the Royal Rumble. And that was it. WWE left it open for another match. You know, you don't eliminate somebody from the Royal Rumble and then just ignore it. You eliminate somebody after being eliminated yourself in the Royal Rumble, and you should give us another one-on-one match. We got that fucking tag team match with Charlotte and Ronda at the Elimination Chamber. Ronda team with Naomi and Sonya team with Charlotte. That doesn't really constitute as ending the feud. We need a one-on-one match. Don't know why you couldn't do Sonya versus Naomi and then Sasha have an open challenge. That's what should have happened. Why does it have to stop with the main roster? Why? You couldn't give us an actual wrestling match with Sasha Banks? What, Trish Stratus wasn't available? What, Lita didn't want another huge payday To wrestle at WrestleMania? Huh? She wrestled in Saudi. Why couldn't Lita come back and wrestle Sasha Banks? I don't get it. How about Io Shirai? Again, why does it have to stop with the main roster? You couldn't give us Io? Io's about to get called up to the main roster anyway after this dusty women's classic. There's nothing for her down there. Why don't you just do a mega match? Sasha versus Io at WrestleMania. At least then, if you want to Create something out of nothing. At least give us a great fucking wrestling match. You're creating something out of nothing and giving us a worthless wrestling match with Sasha teaming with Naomi against Carmella and Zelina Vega. WWE could have went a lot of different ways and they've opted to go in all of the wrong ways with Sasha and Naomi. She deserves better. Imagine going into WrestleMania and Sasha doesn't have solid plans for WrestleMania. How fucking shameful of you. It's amazing. 
The best female women's wrestler on the main roster doesn't have a solid fucking important match at WrestleMania. It's unbelievable. But Sasha's 0-6. Sasha is 0-6. It looks like she'll be getting her WrestleMania victory on night one. Or what is this, night two, night one? I don't even know what fucking night this match is taking place. I don't give a shit. The outcome is very, very, very predictable. Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to be your new women's tag team champions. Sasha Banks is going to get her one WrestleMania victory that has eluded her all this time. Baron Corbin. He was in the back playing poker, you know, because he's happy Corbin, right? He won all that money at the casino, and now he's bringing the casino to Miami, Florida. So he's backstage playing poker with Madcap Moss and some of their friends. He gives Drew McIntyre some props, but he touts some of his WrestleMania successes, including his win over WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. Says Drew McIntyre will just be another feather in his fedora. Let me tell you something, Corbin. Let me tell you something, Corbin. Only pussies wear fedoras. Real men wear baseball caps. You, my friend, are a pussy. Says the guy who calls me one of the dumbest people on the face of the earth. Really? Maybe you should look at Bruce Pritchard, man. He's doing one hell of a fucking job over there. Now the feather in his fedora. Talks about putting Drew in a retirement home. It's where Vince McMahon should fucking be. Corbin gets Moss to crack another joke on McIntyre, making fun of his Scottish accent. TV screen in the room turns on and shows McIntyre making his way to the ring. McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal! Jinder Mahal on SmackDown. You know, Jinder Mahal's on SmackDown, man. Remember when Jinder Mahal back in 2017 almost fucking crippled SmackDown with his world championship title run? Oh, my goodness, man. What a dark age for WWE back in 2017. Unbelievable. Nobody ever wants to remember that. Nobody wants to ever remember that, man. Jinder Mahal in 2017, WWE Championship. Oh, what an awful fucking time. And Road Dogg, speaking of which, defended SmackDown during that time because he was the one writing it. Awful. Absolutely fucking awful. So this one was pretty academic. Drew McIntyre wins with a fucking clown. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go over move for move in a goddamn Jinder Mahal match. Claymore kick, and that was it. After the match, Drew stands tall. Kayla Braxton gets into the ring and interviews Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is having a laugh, and he goes on about how no one can stand Baron Corbin, and he has no locker room respect. Drew says he will be doing the world or the world a favor when he beats Corbin at WrestleMania. Imagine Drew McIntyre having plans for Baron Corbin and that being the extent of his WrestleMania season. It's unbelievable to me, man. Drew McIntyre is so good at what he does. Yeah, we'll give you a happy Corbin at WrestleMania. It's unbelievable. Drew says that he will be doing the world a favor. Says Corbin may be undefeated as happy Corbin, but all good things must come to an end and he will take out Corbin at WrestleMania. Drew grabs his sword and celebrates some more. And that was pretty much it. We go backstage to the poker game. Moss cracked another joke about Drew, but Corbin was not laughing. He actually looked worried. 
match is going to end in about 10 minutes. And Drew McIntyre is going to put the first loss on Happy Corbin's record. Rick Boogs. He's out there playing his guitar. Gives Shinsuke Nakamura his big introduction. So they head to the ring together and they're about to have a tag team match of sorts. I don't know against who. Maybe Los Lotharios. They're the only other tag team on this fucking show. The Usos from behind suddenly attack Boogs and Nakamura. The Usos destroy Boogs and Nakamura, leave them laying. Officials come over to check on Boogs and Nakamura as the Usos get into the ring and awaits Roman Reigns. The Universal Champion is making his presence known. So the Usos apparently, says Michael Cole, took out Nakamura and Boogs because the tribal chief wanted to be acknowledged and it felt like it was time his music hit and he enters the ring on SmackDown. So he could not wait any longer. He needed Miami to acknowledge him. So they're in, they're in the ring. They raise their titles. Roman holds out his hand. Heyman gives him the microphone. Fans are chanting for Roman. This is a very Roman pro crowd. Rain smiles. He says for Miami to acknowledge him. So he goes on and says, Tomorrow night, he and Brock Lesnar will defend their titles at Madison Square Garden. WWE is really pushing this Madison Square Garden show. It's only a house show. A random house show on the road to WrestleMania. WWE has not sold out Madison Square Garden in one of the biggest cities in the United States. Their home turf. They have not sold out Madison Square Garden on the road to WrestleMania 38. A bad omen for Vince McMahon and WWE. Told you, since that WrestleMania logo went on fire at the Royal Rumble, man, this entire season has been fucking cursed. So he says he and Brock will defend their titles at the Garden. Rain says we already know what he's going to do. He will smash whoever steps up and send them back to the line or to the back of the line like he's been doing. Rain says Lesnar's defense is where it will get interesting. He says not all of us want to see Brock with that title or even make it to WrestleMania. Not Reigns, though. He wants Brock to make it to WrestleMania's champion and hand-deliver the title to the Tribal Chief. So Reigns gets Heyman to say his not a prediction, but a spoiler line. Reigns asks if they should give Miami a spoiler tonight. So Reigns went on to say that he's like Babe Ruth. He calls his shot, and he never misses. But I thought that was Carmelo Hayes. And his gimmick in NXT. You know, Carmelo shoots and doesn't miss. Apparently, Reigns is doing the same thing. Just look at WrestleMania 37 last year. Reigns says he's going to call his shot again this year. In the biggest match of all time in WrestleMania history, he's going to smash Lesnar, pin Lesnar, and stand over Lesnar with both titles in the air as about $5 million worth of fireworks go off in celebration. He says Lesnar will have no choice but to acknowledge him. Rain starts yelling over and over and over that he is going to be acknowledged by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Cole then says Lesnar has finally gotten into Roman's head. 
Reigns says at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar will acknowledge him. And that's it. This is a very cut and dry promo, very predictable promo by Roman Reigns. Nothing overly flashy or, you know, something that we've never heard before. This was very uh, formulaic by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to win at WrestleMania. And they made it a point. Michael Cole, I was listening to Michael Cole very intently tonight. Because with this unification rumor going on, Dave Meltzer reported a rumor that WWE is going to continue to have Universal and WWE championships on separate brands even after the unification match at WrestleMania. What is the point of a unification match if WWE is not going to unify the titles? There needs to be one title. Michael Cole said that there will be a unification match at WrestleMania and the landscape, with it being one champion only, how is it going to change the landscape of WWE? I'm glad he said that. I listened intently, and that's what he said. And I hope WWE sticks to their guns. What needs to happen here is this. WWE needs to retire the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns should retire the last Universal Champion ever. He's the greatest universal champion of all time, the longest reigning universal champion of all time. It is now time to move on from that, end the brand split, and have one champion be Roman Reigns, and that is for the WWE Championship. The WWE Championship has taken a major, major, major blow because of the universal champion and Roman Reigns. WWE has made the Universal Championship more important than the WWE Championship. And look at the short lineage of the Universal Championship. That should not be a thing. You should not be making the Universal Championship more important than the WWE Championship with all the years of history and prestige that that title represents. Retire the title and move on. End the brand split and move on. One champion for the entire roster. And if WWE is smart, they will end the double tag team championships and the double women's championships. That's what needs to be. We don't need double sets of championships. We need one world title, one women's title, and one tag team title. We don't need all these championships. The more championships you have, the less important and prestigious that they are. They have no women's division. There's no need for two titles. They have no tag team division at all. There's no, there's no need for two sets of tag team championships. I've been saying this since 2016. I've not let up on this. This is what needs to be. But Michael Cole did reiterate that there will be one champion and the foundation of WWE. What is it going to look like as there is only going to be one champion to rule them all? The Usos were in the ring with this Roman Reigns segment, so... They stood there as Roman exited, and we got the match with the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This match was actually supposed to take place at the Elimination Chamber and did not. This did not take place at the Chamber because WWE, they were running low on time. So they saved this match for tonight. Eight minutes, the Usos get the victory over the Viking Raiders. Not bad but it's not really anything to get excited about because it was a very predictable outcome. Ivar's in control here, middle of the match, through Jay, and Eric caught him midair. 
They then hit a springboard kick German suplex combo. Very, very Viking Raider-esque. Double team. Jay fought back, tagged in Jimmy. He went for the splash. Eric got his knees up. So the Viking Raiders hit the Viking experience on Jimmy. Jay broke up the pin attempt at the last second. Viking Raiders went for the springboard German suplex combo again. But Jimmy pulled Ivar out of the ring. Jay and Eric then traded pin attempts. The finish came when the Usos finally hit their version of the Dudley 3D that they call the 1D on Eric to retain the titles. Very predictable. Viking Raiders now to the back of the line. Don't know where we go with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. There is no tag team division on SmackDown. None. Usos, Los Lotharios, The New Day. Don't even know if they're still calling them The New Day, but I'm calling them The New Day. The New Day and the Viking Raiders. That's it. Viking Raiders, Usos, Los Lotharios, New Day. And if you want to include Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura, then by all means include them, but they're not really a tag team. Four tag teams. That does not make it a division. End the brand split and get the fucking tag team titles unified as well, along with both WWE and Universal Championships. Very simple thing. Very, very simple. So it looks like with the Usos attacking Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, we may be getting that match at WrestleMania. I hope to God not. Otherwise, I don't know what the Usos are doing at WrestleMania. I don't know what they're doing. Who are the Usos wrestling at WrestleMania? I really, really, really hope we get something to happen with the Raw Tag Team Championships, whether it's the Alpha Academy, whether it's RK Bro, something along those lines. You know, they did tease a unification match. Seth Rollins, I believe, teased something along the lines of, oh, you know, well, we'll, we'll win the Tag Team Championships from... RK Bro and, and the uh, Alpha Academy, and then we'll go on to wrestle the Usos at WrestleMania because all the little kids, they love that unification shit, title versus title. I wish WWE would actually explore that. I don't know if that's going to be what they're doing at WrestleMania, but whether it's Alpha Academy or RK Bro or Rollins and Owens, unify the tag team titles while we're at it. Unify the tag team championships and get a division behind all these teams. Merge them and make them as one. As of right now, I don't know what the Usos are doing at WrestleMania. A match with Boogs and Nakamura does not speak to me as being WrestleMania. Big E. He's with Kofi Kingston on his 4x4 against Sheamus. Big E was actually interviewed, and he had a lot to say about his WWE championship run. He says it's difficult to latch onto a new champion when they have multiple losses on TV within their first month. You know, a bunch of the shills out there on social media, a bunch of the fucking virgins and the geeks who don't know any better, they constantly tell me, oh, you know, wins and losses don't matter. In WWE. Apparently they matter because Big E said so. So if Big E says that wins and losses matter in WWE. And you tell me that they don't. Who the fuck am I going to believe? This is why I've been saying. Consistency matters. Momentum matters. Winning matters. On WWE television. 
even though they don't have a record of who wins and who loses in standings and whatnot. They matter. It all matters. Biggie said so. Start off by saying Kingston isn't someone that's going to lecture you, but rather leads by action. He saw how Kofi handled things when he was the WWE champion and thinks their title reigns weren't drastically different. Biggie added, and I quote, kind of that falling off of a cliff feeling at the hands of Brock Lesnar, and then suddenly it feels like you woke up a year prior and you're back to doing what you were doing before. He continued by stating that Kingston handled it with a lot of grace and didn't complain about it because he's a consummate professional. This is where Big E stated that there were several things he would have done differently in his title reign. He said that his focus is trying to perform at his best. He says, and I quote, I wish it could have lasted longer. I wish we would have done and had that opportunity to do some more dynamic things. And you know, I don't think about it. It's difficult to really latch onto a new champion when they have, within their first month, they have multiple losses on TV. But again, we can go down this path. Look, I genuinely appreciate all the people who support me and who want a better situation for me. I also want better for myself, and I guess I'll just leave it there. End quote. According to records online, because there are records online about this shit, Biggie had a record of three wins and two losses in television matches in the month of September. This was after he beat Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. The two losses came on the same night when he lost a triple threat match to Roman Reigns and a six-man tag team match against the Bloodline during an episode of Monday Night Raw. And don't forget about that fucking gauntlet match that they did with Bobby Lashley where he beat Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and then WWE Champion Big E in the same fucking night to have Bobby Lashley added to the day one fatal four-way, then fatal four-way match for the WWE Championship. This was obviously before Roman got COVID and they added Brock Lesnar to make it a fatal five-way. But I got to hear from fucking unintelligent, mouth-breathing fucking oxygen thieves online. The dumbest fucking people online in the community. People telling me that wins and losses don't matter. Clearly, Big E told you otherwise. So what am I saying? What have I said all these months that is so wrong, but Big E says it, and everybody wants to agree with Big E. Meanwhile, there have been me and a couple of other fucking people who actually had their heads tied on right, who said this shit and have been saying this shit every single fucking week. You should not be a WWE champion, a champion, period. That means Ricochet, Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor, the United States Champion, the Usos, Tag Team Champions. No champion in WWE should be on TV wrestling in matches unless there is a top contender that is crowned through legitimate means. How do you get a contender to be a number one contender through legitimate means? Winning matches. How do you have a champion be a legitimate champion? By defending the fucking title. Without having your champion lose. 
on television. Let's start treating our champions with fucking dignity and respect. And when I fucking tell you exactly what the goddamn fucking problem is, you better fucking listen to me. I don't sit here and spew bullshit because I get paid. I spew fucking truth because I want a better fucking show. And I get paid doing what I do because I'm fucking good at it. Big E said it. So let's take Big E into consideration. If Big E wants to start winning matches as champion, then maybe we should start fucking winning matches as a champion. Big E and Sheamus. He rode the ATV, the 4x4, down to the ring. Apparently WWE is going to start using this as a, uh, a marketing ploy or a marketing thing for Big E. They're going to sell toys with this. They're going to have a whole WWE action figure set with Big E in the ATV with the New Day. So, Sheamus jumped Big E in the ring. And him and Rich Holland, Sheamus and Rich Holland, drove off on the ATV. Rich Holland is coming up from behind Kofi. Kofi's on the on the ATV doing the, the, the whole New Day Rocks thing with the fucking horn. The ATV horn. Rich Holland comes over, smashes him in the back with the steel chair. Then they drive the ATV off. And then all of a sudden we see them in the parking lot with sledgehammers. And they start destroying the ATV. I don't know what it is with Bruce Pritchard, man. Apparently Bruce Pritchard loves these thievery storylines. He, th- he steals our fucking time every fucking week with terrible, te- with terrible television. So now he's having Sheamus and Rich Holland steal the ATV from Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Maybe Ricochet doesn't even defend the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Seems like we're getting Sheamus and Rich Holland versus the New Day. There's another tag team that WWE is going to make into a tag team because they have no fucking tag teams. Rich Holland and Sheamus. I don't know what they're doing at this point. And quite frankly, I don't care. I don't care. Big E. In September, was the WWE champion. In April of 2022, that is October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months later, this guy is delegated, relegated to fucking Ridge Holland and Sheamus going into WrestleMania season. How the mighty have fallen. And why? Because WWE treated him as a shit champion. Kayla Braxton was backstage and interviewed Johnny Knoxville. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Johnny Knoxville's backstage being interviewed by Kayla Braxton. So she asks for his response to Sammy's WrestleMania challenge. Knoxville says Sammy is a sad, strange little man. And he only came here tonight to remind him he's the intercontinental chump, not champ. Which is the message on his t-shirt that he was wearing tonight. Knoxville talks about how he put his body through more insane stuff than Sami Zayn and says he's not scared to get in the ring with a low-down cheat like Sami Zayn. Knoxville says he will see Zayn at WrestleMania. Knoxville then starts a Sami Sucks chant, and some of the fans in the arena started to chant Sami Sucks along with Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville is going to be really over at WrestleMania, isn't he? Match may, the match may be fucking dog shit, but Johnny Knoxville may be over at WrestleMania. It's probably going to be a fucking car wreck disaster, but he's going to be over at WrestleMania. 
Happy Corbin's backstage. He's playing darts with Mad Cat Moss. Corbin isn't looking when Drew McIntyre's sword suddenly launches into the dartboard. Corbin retreats and Drew smiles at the camera. That was pretty cool. I will admit that's pretty cool. It's probably the only cool thing about this entire fucking feud with Corbin and McIntyre. Sonya Deville versus Ronda Drowsy. This was the main event for SmackDown. Three minutes. Ronda Rousey, <coughs> Ronda Drowsy against Sonya Deville wins three minutes. They kept this one short because Ronda is in no physical or fucking mental state to go any longer than five minutes. They kept this match short. It was all about Ronda Rousey being dominant here. Rousey looked okay. She looked okay. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that she uh, is WrestleMania ready. She's not. DeVille yelled at the referee, who was Charles Robinson in this case, and reminded him that she is the boss. Rousey got a big introduction. They went over all of her accomplishments. She came out wearing a knee brace. So Charlotte Flair then came out, and she had a big introduction as well. She joined McAfee and Cole on commentary. However, she immediately distracted Ronda Rousey before sitting down. DeVille took advantage, hit a chop lock on Ronda Rousey's injured knee. Wow! Wow, Bruce Pritchard and the creative team had the fucking common sense to put a knee brace on Ronda Rousey after the attack by Sonya Deville, where they wrapped Ronda Rousey's knee around the steel post. Wow. Oh, my God, Bruce. Congratulations, man. You're following up, man. It's uh, consistent television. Wow. I didn't think I had. I didn't think you had it in you, to be quite honest with you. So she got the chop lock. And Sonya slowed the pace down. How does WWE slow the pace down in their match, folks? Chinlock. The formulaic WWE chinlock. So Ronda was fighting back. She choked Sonya Deville on the ropes. She took it to Deville with a running knee on the apron. She followed with a jumping knee in the ring. Rousey was making a babyface comeback here. Backed Deville in the corner. She got in some rights and some lefts. She then hit Piper's pit, locked on the arm bar, and that was it for the win. After the match, Ronda Rousey challenged Flair to get in the ring, who was standing around by the commentary table. Flair got in the ring, but Rousey locked on the ankle lock, and Flair tapped out. Flair claimed that Rousey's a one-trick pony. She was on commentary. She claimed that Ronda Rousey's a one-trick pony because all she has is the arm bar submission. So the ankle lock proves that Ronda Rousey has another trick up her sleeve. There you go. Next week, we got Big E and Kofi Kingston taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland. And Sasha Banks goes one-on-one with, you guessed it, Zelina Vega, the other half of the tag team losers. SmackDown wasn't as, SmackDown wasn't good, but SmackDown wasn't as offensive as it has been in recent weeks. So we are going to get into the Rampage stuff. There's a lot that actually happened on Rampage. A lot of WWE, you know, what they did tonight was not really uh, exciting. Ricochet winning the Intercontinental Championship, I would say, is probably the best thing that happened on the show tonight, even though I don't really put much stock in that. But AEW had a very newsworthy Rampage 
and they had a very newsworthy day. We're going to get into the Rampage post-show, but before I do that, I want to go over the news and rumors that I have for AEW, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit. I want to check the chat here, and I want to check how everybody is doing here in the venue. We got 2,000 plus in the venue. I appreciate you guys joining me, man. I see I see 800 likes in the OTS venue. 800 likes, man. We need 200 more likes on the live stream today, man. We need 1,000 minimum on today's SmackDown and Rampage post show. So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up and you are in the chat, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up for me. It's the absolute best way to support what I'm doing here on OTS. While you're at it, if you guys are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We're here Monday, Tuesday, some Tuesdays, Wednesday, Friday, and every major pay-per-view with the flagship podcast on Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you guys go and check all that stuff out on the channel. And the best way to do that is by hitting the subscribe button so you guys are notified when I am live on YouTube. Super Chats are open. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. So make sure you guys get your Super Chats in. We're about halfway through the show, and we will read through them all at the end of the Rampage Post Show. Today, sponsored by my friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com has launched their Ultra Premium Collection. I'm talking about this leveled-up hygiene routine, guys, from your favorite manly scent. Coming to you from the guys over at Manscaped. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Absolutely, literally. Manscaped is known in their below-the-waist grooming. Now you can trust them with the rest. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped. And you guys can save on Manscaped's products everything by using Script20 at Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with our special promo code. Now, you guys know Manscaped from the Lawnmower 4.0, their world-renowned body hair trimmer. Advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts in your most delicate areas. You guys know all that. Now they got the ultra-premium collection. Manscaped got their premium deodorant. It's not for your balls, though. Should be, but it's not for your balls, but it's for your armpits. This deodorant dries clear, aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent. They got a hydrating body moisturizer. So if you guys have tattoos or dry skin, it's designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smell fresh. Body wash, obviously, in the shower to lather you up. Infused with aloe vera and sea salt. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step. Plus a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those lips feeling moist. That's four products and a free gift in the Ultra Premium Collection, guys. That's a great deal. An absolutely great deal. 20% off. Free shipping. Use that code SCRIPT20 at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped.com. SCRIPT20. And I want to thank my my great friends over at Manscaped for, for sponsoring and supporting this episode of Off The Script right here for the SmackDown and AEW Rampage post show on OTS. News. I got a lot of AEW news, guys. 
a lot of AEW news. Start with the Cody Rhodes stuff. Cody Rhodes. This is an exclusive from Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net. This was reported yesterday. Now, Ring of Honor was purchased by Tony Khan. Tony Khan is now the owner of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor will serve as a developmental territory of sorts for AEW going forward. Additionally, it was said that main roster AEW talents will be headed over to Ring of Honor from time to time. Now, while asking around about the purchase of Ring of Honor, Cassidy Haynes and Bodyslam.net have sources who have confirmed to them of the reports of Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes leaving AEW was very much real life and it's not a work. So that much is true. Additionally, they were told that discussions have been ongoing between Cody Rhodes and WWE, but Cassidy Haynes says, and I quote, I was told these conversations have since fizzled out. These conversations have fizzled out over the coming weeks. One source indicated that there is hope that Cody can be brought back into the AEW fold. The idea was floated to me, says Cassidy Haynes, that there might be a possibility again with a new role involving the Ring of Honor acquisition. They said that they will keep us updated as more information about Tony Khan's purchase of Ring of Honor becomes available, as well as any update involving Cody Rhodes and his free agent status. Now, I actually put out a tweet on February 25th. You guys know the tweet because it, it blew up on my Twitter. It was merely wrestling discussion. I said, what if a week before Tony Khan made this announcement, I said, what if Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor and puts Cody Rhodes in charge of Ring of Honor and maybe we get some invasion angle or Cody Rhodes is head of creative over at Ring of Honor because he couldn't get what he wanted from Tony Khan and Tony Khan puts him in charge over there to run the territory and he's the man over there behind it all. Cody Rhodes has ties also to Ring of Honor. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility. A lot of people put Jesse down. A lot of people put me down for thinking that way. How, how could you? You're, you're going to lose your credibility by talking shit like that. Motherfucker, who the fuck are you talking to about me losing any credibility? I've been more right than any single fucking person not named Sean Ross Sapp who has fucking sources doing the work for him. He's got all the breaking news. Let me tell you something, man. I don't need a paid subscription service to break you fucking news. I tell you what it is, and more times than not, nine times out of ten, I have been right about literally everything. That's happened. I call it like I see it. I see it on television, and it just happens to be exactly what I see it as. Boom. Right, 100% of the time. I didn't say that Cody Rhodes is going to be the creative over at Ring of Honor. I didn't say Tony Khan is going to put Cody Rhodes in charge. I merely made wrestling talk. I made wrestling conversation on Twitter. I said, what if Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor? Boom. He bought Ring of Honor. I said, what if Tony Khan puts Cody Rhodes in charge? 
of Ring of Honor. And everybody thinks that, oh my God, JD is salty. JD misses Cody Rhodes. JD is angry. AEW with the big L. I don't give a fuck where Cody Rhodes goes. If he wants to go to WWE, let him go to WWE. I'll be happy. It'll give me a fucking reason to watch and care about something WWE does on their fucking television program. Good. As long as they treat Cody Rhodes like the superstar, like, like the superstar he is. If he goes and stays with AEW, great. They played us all. If he goes and does creative order over at Ring of Honor, great. Great. I don't care either way. I don't. WWE creative apparently, says Dave Meltzer, is working on things right now as it pertains to Cody Rhodes. I don't know how true that is. But Meltzer did say that, and he said this on the Wrestling Observer message boards, that he had heard Cody Rhodes was still on board with WWE as of two days ago. Now, Cassidy Haynes reported his thing yesterday. So maybe from when Meltzer heard it to when Cassidy Haynes heard it, it has since fizzled out. Now, they have different sources. Cassidy Haynes says his sources have been flawless and they don't give him any bad information. Dave Meltzer has been wrong several times before in the past. So I don't know what's going on, but Meltzer is on their payroll. Meltzer's in the know. If there's any guys that are going to know, it's Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. So I don't know what the fuck they know or who they know or what they're reporting. I don't know. Cassidy Haynes has been right about literally everything. He's the first person that said Daniel Bryan was moving to AEW, and then all of a sudden we see Bryan Danielson show up on AEW television. So they got that right. They were the first people to report that. As soon as that news leaked, they got it right. Now, Ringside News is reporting today that Cody Rhodes is scheduled for WrestleMania, and this was confirmed to them by someone that they know, a tenured member of the writing team, That source said, and I quote, I know what's scheduled for Cody at Mania, and that's still on the list. If it's changed, no one has told us yet or corrected the internal documents, end quote. Now, the internal documents also had Vince McMahon on the fucking list for wrestling Pat McAfee. The internal list is probably the internal list, and what it is is things that are not really all that's going to happen, and some of the things on the list may be able to throw people off because they want to keep everything a surprise. I don't know. Not everything on that internal list is actually going to happen. The internal list, some things may be right, some things may be wrong. The internal list floating around may be there to throw people off. I don't know what's going on with the internal list, but apparently, according to Ringside News, the internal list has Cody Rhodes scheduled for WrestleMania. The source added, Cody, as of an hour ago, still on internal documents for WrestleMania. At this point, there is no information available on what he will be doing on the show. But the fact that he's listed internally for WrestleMania is a strong indication that a deal has been signed. A couple of weeks ago on Raw, there were teases during the Miz and Edge's promos with subtle Cody Rhodes references. The promos would have been or had to be approved beforehand. And if they didn't have him locked in, then those teases wouldn't have been approved. Vince doesn't put anything on TV like that 
unless something is about to happen. He's not going to be promoting somebody from another promotion if the deal hasn't already been signed or at least agreed upon. No word yet on if he will appear on Raw or SmackDown before WrestleMania, but expect to see Cody on WWE TV in the near future, says Ringside News, who have been, with their exclusives, 100% right every single time. Steve over at Ringside News has not gotten uh, a story wrong in the last, well, three years. So he's got his shit. Do I believe Cody's going to WWE? Yes, I do. I do think we see him either at WrestleMania in a surprise role or showing up on the Raw after Mania. I would hold him off for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. The other thing is, if Cody is at WrestleMania, what is he doing at WrestleMania? Is he going to wrestle at WrestleMania? I mean, clearly they want to schedule Cody Rhodes for WrestleMania. I would would figure if Cody Rhodes is going to be at WrestleMania, they maybe want to get him on the show somehow and announce that beforehand to help boost ticket sales. Who right now doesn't have a solid WrestleMania role? Kevin Owens doesn't. Kevin Owens and Steve Austin have been rumored. Uh, Brad Shepard reported that Steve Austin should be making his WWE return during the week of March 16th. Nobody knows what show that's going to be on, if it's going to be Raw or if it's going to be SmackDown. Brad Shepard has gotten a couple of stories right in the past couple of weeks. So I would not knock Shepard's report there. If he says it, more than likely he's got his sources and more than likely it will come to be the truth. Now, as far as Kevin Owens, Austin and Owens have been linked. But what about Seth Rollins? What about Seth Rollins? What do we do with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? He's got no opponent. He was feuding for the WWE Championship, right? Got that taken away from him. He challenged Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Got that taken away from him. What is he doing at WrestleMania? Do we have an open challenge? For Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, does he go into WrestleMania not having a match and then he shows up in his wrestling gear and then all of a sudden out comes the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? I think that would be one hell of a banger match. But I don't know how we get there or what WWE's planning to do. I I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But the whole story is we as fans don't know. Seems like there's a bunch of conflicting reports, too. You heard, you heard something from Dave Meltzer. You heard something from Sean Ross Sapp. You heard something from Cassidy Haynes. You heard something from Ringside News. They all have different reports. Every single one of them have been fed something else. Entirely. We don't know. So the speculation about Cody Rhodes possibly going back to AEW with the acquisition of Ring of Honor and Cody Rhodes being the head of creative for Ring of Honor, it's not a stupid topic to discuss. It's not stupid to come up with that theory because you don't know. Everybody that says they know Cody is going to WWE, they don't know shit. Do I think Cody is going to WWE? Yes, I do. But I also believe that we could all be played for fucking fools. And if Cody Rhodes is going back to AEW, he will absolutely have a play in the new Ring of Honor. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Thunder Rosa. There was some story today about Thunder Rosa 
and her being injured before revolution. Thunder Rosa apparently had a leg injury, and this was reported earlier today. And Sean Ross Sapp reached out to Thunder Rosa and AEW sources, and they have vehemently denied she is injured. The match with Britt Baker is on and proceeded as scheduled, or to proceed as scheduled, at Revolution. So Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, Thunder Rosa teamed with Mercedes Martinez to face off against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in a tag team match. Rosa got the win for her team by pinning Baker off off of the Fire Thunder driver. And Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Rosa was legitimately injured in the match. The nature of the injury was not disclosed, although she is still expected to challenge Baker for the Women's Championship at Revolution. It should be noted that her leg was taped up during the match. Sean Ross Sapp, like I said, did note that Rosa has denied she is injured. So if Rosa is not hurt, and Rosa is saying she's not hurt, I think we should believe Thunder Rosa. Either way, Rosa is wrestling Britt Baker on Sunday's pay-per-view, and I think Thunder Rosa is going to be the new women's champion. Everybody wants to jump to conclusions. If she came out and vehemently denied she's not injured, then I think we should believe the woman and think she's not injured. Speaking of the women's division, AEW has signed Paige Van Zant. She is now all elite. Tony Khan is an absolute fucking gangster. He really is. He announced Paige Van Zant was going to be all elite during Ronda Rousey's match with Sonya Deville. The guy is just, he's just great. He really is. He does things that kind of overshoot people sometimes, but he announced this on Twitter during the Ronda Rousey main event with Sonya Deville on SmackDown. Gotta love him. So, he announced this at 9.48 p.m., and this was ahead of Rampage tonight. Tony Khan said that on Twitter, there was going to be a seventh spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match, and that was going to Scorpio Sky. But he reached a deal with Dan Lambert, and the deal is Scorpio Sky will challenge the winner of tonight's three-way for the TNT Championship. When that match happens, I don't know. We may see it as early as Wednesday on Dynamite or Friday on Rampage. So Sky will face the winner of a three-way for the TNT Championship. Khan announced that. And then he also announced that former UFC star Paige Van Zant will sign with the company. Now, Paige Van Zant started a storyline with Brandy Rhodes a few weeks ago, but that obviously came to a stop when Brandy and Cody Rhodes quote-unquote, left the company. Paige Van Zandt signed the contract with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship last year after finishing up with UFC in 2020. Let me tell you something, man. Paige Van Zandt, I don't know how she's going to do as far as a wrestling aspect is concerned. She's got the look. She looks like she can cut a mean fucking promo. All she needs to do, man, is get in the ring, start training to be a pro wrestler. She can be something really Fucking impressive, man. She may end up being better than all of them. Better than Ronda, better than Shayna, better than the fucking horsewomen. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And she's very popular. Very popular. Very beautiful woman. So AEW is getting a, a total package here in Paige Van Zandt. 
It's going to be very interesting to see where she slotted in. And I think a female presence in American Top Team is going to do them very good to add to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Eric Redbeard, a.k.a. Eric Rowan, made his AEW debut tonight, and he will be at Revolution. Former WWE superstar Eric Redbeard, formerly Eric Rowan of the Wyatt family, made his AEW Rampage debut on tonight's show live in Orlando. Redbeard appeared as the replacement for Ray Phoenix, joining Penta and Pac with Alex Abrahantes during a segment opposite the House of Black. Redbeard took out security that swarmed the ring. As the House of Black retreated through the crowd, the House of Black will take on Penta, Redbeard, and Pac this Sunday on the Revolution Buy-In, which I believe will be debuting, or premiering rather, on YouTube. This is Redbeard's second appearance on AWTV. He previously appeared during the Brody Lee Tribute Show in 2020. Man, that uh, that Revolution buy-in is almost like a mini rampage. So you, you can see how loaded that fucking Revolution card is if the House of Black is going to be relegated to the buy-in pre-show. Show's going to be fucking stacked from top to bottom. Uh, He looked great. Eric Redbeard looked great. And I don't know if this is a one-time deal or if this is a short-term deal and he's going to be all elite for the time being. I I have no idea. I have no idea. But I want to throw this out there for you guys as well. We saw Bobby Fish come into AEW, okay? Bobby Fish came into AEW and he was a solo act for a little bit. He had matches with CM Punk, and he had matches with uh, a couple of different people, right? Sammy Guevara, I believe. He came in as a solo rogue act, and we all wondered why. We asked, why is Bobby Fish here? This just seems like another waste of a signing for Tony Khan, but it was a strategic signing. Bobby Fish's contract was a, a, a strategic signing. Then all of a sudden, we saw... Adam Cole get a line with Bobby Fish. And then we saw Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. Now they're a threesome. They're a faction on AEW television. We all wondered why. We all asked, is Bobby Fish getting signed because Cole is coming in? Is Bobby Fish coming in because Kyle O'Reilly is about to have his WWE contract expire and Tony Khan wants to get Red Dragon back together? exactly what it is. Bobby Fish's signing was a very strategic signing. Now, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm not. But Eric Redbeard showing up in AEW, it may be a one-off and it may mean, it may mean nothing. But Eric Redbeard coming into AEW, that's a very noticeable and specific individual that you're bringing in. How many people are watching Eric Redbeard, a.k.a. Eric Rowan, formerly of the Wyatt family, and thinking Bray Wyatt? Could Eric Redbeard be the catalyst to Wyndham Rotunda? Could the debut of Eric Redbeard mean that Tony Khan is going to be bringing in Wyndham Rotunda at some point? Because it happened with Bobby Fish. 
Bobby Fish led to all of the Undisputed Era, minus Roderick Strong coming into AEW. Could it be the same thing with Eric Redbeard? I don't know. I have no idea. But he looks great. He looked great. And that that trios match is going to be fucking great at the Revolution buy-in. It's going to be really, really, really awesome. That's all the AEW news. Now let's get into the Rampage breakdown here. I don't want to spend too much time on the Rampage post-show, but this was a very, very, very good show. Sammy Guevara, Andrade El Idolo, and Darby Allen. This was for the TNT Championship triple threat match. Everyone was barred from ringside. No interference. The Hardy family office, Sting... The Inner Circle, Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, everybody, all these guys' friends were barred from ringside. Gone. This triple threat match was fucking incredible. It went 14 minutes. Incredible to open the show. This may have been one of the best matches that we've seen on Rampage since the show debuted in August of 2021. And these guys went out there and gave you every fucking reason why this match should have opened the show on Sunday night. This absolutely should have been on the show. I would have taken Jade uh, Jade Cargill and fucking Tay Conti and put them on this show, and I would have saved this match for the fucking pay-per-view. These guys absolutely fucking killed it. Killed it. It's one of the best triple threat matches. Now, AEW doesn't do triple threat matches all that often, but this is one of the best triple threat matches that they possibly could have ever done. One of the best matches that we've saw so far in the short history of Rampage. The Intercontinental Championship means shit to WWE. Tony Khan has single-handedly, since the debut of the TNT title, has made the TNT Championship the new Intercontinental Championship. The TNT Championship is exactly what the Intercontinental Championship was and should be now on WWE television. You see it in main events. You see the highly competitive matches for it. It is the Workhorse Championship. And WWE has withered their Intercontinental Championship, their Workhorse Championship, into absolutely nothing. This match was fucking great. Absolutely great. Andrade dropped to the floor. Guevara and Allen were going at it. They decided to follow him outside, chased him back into the ring. This match was all over the place. Allen got a code red on Andrade for a two count. That was quickly broken up by Allen. He went for a crucifix on Guevara. That got Darby Allen a two count. Allen and Guevara then worked a side headlock for a little bit. They went back and forth. Andrade was on the outside. Guevara hit a picture-perfect dropkick. He then propped up Allen on one of the turnbuckles, hit a Gamangiri. He went for a suplex. Andrade slipped in, and he walked Guevara out of the corner with a powerbomb. All the while, after Andrade walked him out of the corner with a powerbomb, he was holding Allen, was Guevara, up in a superplex. Now, imagine... Imagine Andrade coming out of the corner with a powerbomb on Sammy Guevara who has Darby Allen up in a vertical suplex 
uh, 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 one of those one of those hesitation vertical suplexes. He's letting all the blood the blood flow to his head, and Andrade power bombs them both down while Sammy is suplexing Darby off of his shoulders. Absolutely, inc- I've never seen anything like that in a triple threat match, man. Only these three guys could have pulled that off. Truly fucking incredible, man. And it's a very difficult thing to do. To be creative in these types of matches. They did it. They did it. Sam, I'm telling you, man. Sammy, every time Sammy's in the ring, he's always pulling out something new. It's like a fucking magician in there. Did it with Cody. That shit's going to be looked at for years to come. What he did with Cody in that ladder match. That spot. Off the ladder. And now look, look at him in this triple threat match. Always coming up with innovative shit. Just, he just does it great. He's so consistent. I mean, Sammy Guevara is one of the most consistent performers in all of pro wrestling. Never mind AEW. I don't think the guy's capable of having a bad match. Just great. So after that, Andrade was in control. Andrade hit the three amigos on Guevara with the last suplex sending Guevara into the turnbuckles. Andrade took Allen down with an inverted backbreaker, which looked brutal. Andrade went for the moonsault on Allen, missed it. Then Guevara, he hit with the standing moonsault for it too. Picture-perfect standing moonsault by Andrade. So all three men are on their feet. They exchanged strikes. They were battling it out in the middle of the ring. Allen and Guevara worked together for a little bit to take out Andrade. They stopped teaming together for for, uh, just a little bit, and Allen sent Guevara to the floor. Andrade went to the top. Allen crotched him, hanging him upside down on the ropes, Guevara then came in out of nowhere with a coast-to-coast dropkick, which was fucking unbelievable. Sammy Guevara did a coast-to-coast dropkick out of nowhere after Andrade was left hanging upside down. And Darby Allen, he went after Sammy. Sammy evaded Darby, jumped over him, and hit a coast-to-coast on Andrade El Idolo. Awesome. So, after that, Guevara set up a springboard on Andrade on the floor, But before he could hit it, Allen dove through the middle ropes with his fucking shot out of a cannon, Suicida. Allen returned to the ring. Guevara caught him with a small package. This all set off a couple of near falls. Rapid fire with all three guys. Big spot where Andrade rolled up Guevara for one, then deadlifted him into a powerbomb for a two count. That looked fucking great. Finish came, and it was awesome. Allen hit his flip stunner on Andrade who then walked right into a GTH. Before he could cover, Allen threw Guevara out of the ring. He then went to the top rope. He nailed the coffin drop. But before Allen could recover uh, or make the cover, Guevara came off the top with a senton on Darby Allen, threw him out of the ring, and covered Andrade for the one, two, three. This match, if you guys missed Rampage, I urge you to go back and watch this match. This match was fucking great. Great. AEW should really, really think about doing triple threat matches when the time calls for it, man. I don't want to see I don't, I don't want to see it abused, but there's no reason why they shouldn't have been on the pay-per-view. None. This match was fantastic. The live atmosphere obviously made it a lot better. Everybody was on their fucking feet. Everybody was going crazy for it. These are three of the very best in AEW. And I love the fact that the TNT Championship is so highly regarded, and matches like this make it feel and seem that much more important. Now, a lot of people were upset that Andrade took the pin here. I, I, I don't really find an issue with that. 
Guevara is not losing the championship right now. And Darby Allen, I mean, Darby Allen has had his fair share of losses. Before all is said and done, I do think Andrade is going to win that TNT championship and he's going to do great with it. Look at what they did with Miro. It's the same fucking thing. Miro, who's missing right now, I hope he comes back relatively soon. Miro, before he won that championship, you know, AEW really wasn't doing much with him either. He transformed his character. He got on the serious side of things. He was booked like a fucking savage. He was booked brilliantly. And then he won the TNT championship. And, and look at the run he had as the TNT champion. The same thing is going to happen with Andrade. So I can't wait for that. But we're getting these guys again at Revolution. We're getting Sting, Darby, and Sammy against Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Andrade El Idolo. After the match was over, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen they clashed heads. Darby was upset that Sammy took the advantage the way that he did to win this match. So, I don't know what's going to happen there. Is Darby turning heel? I doubt it. But there's a little uh there's a little jealousy there. There's a little uh, a little tension there between Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. So it's going to be great. Unbelievable open to Rampage tonight in Orlando. Alex Abrahantes, Pack and Penta they were in the middle of the ring. Death triangle. Fucking Alex Abrahantes looks like one of those fucking sadistic priests from Resident Evil 4. It's exactly what he reminded me of, man. They, they, they come walking out of the church. You know? And then you shoot them in the fucking head with the shotgun. And then they got the fucking uh, creatures coming out of their head. Remember Resident Evil 4? The best Resident Evil game in the entire franchise is Resident Evil 4. Don't at me. Don't at me, man. He looked like one of them priests in RE4. Not a good look. Not a good look for Alex Abrahantes, man. I, I don't believe him. He looks like uh, he's uh, getting ready for Halloween several months early. I don't like it. So he's in the ring, and Abrahantes says that there will be a third partner. I thought he was talking about himself. I thought he was talking about himself. So, he challenged the House of Black to a trios match. The House of Black accepts. But the third man, Alex Abrahante says, is not him. Mike goes out, and then, boom, Eric Redbeard comes out on the stage. So, we got him walking out. Redbeard took out security. He took out everybody in the ring. House of Black retreated through the crowd. Hot angle to set up this six-man tag team match for the pay-per-view. It's going to be awesome. And it's on the buy-in. So don't miss the buy-in, people. Don't miss the buy-in. Alex Abrahantes, listen, bro, you got to get rid of the Resident Evil 4 shtick, please. You're not, it's not working for you, man. You're not one of the dark priests, okay? So get rid of it and just be yourself. We don't need to dress you because Penta is now dark. I don't believe it. It's not legit. It's not believable. Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert and a deal has been made. Between Lambert and Tony Khan. Scorpio Sky gets a TNT title shot on Wednesday and Dynamite. And Lambert brings Paige Van Zandt to the pay-per-view on Sunday to sign her AEW contract. There you go. It's happening on Sunday and Wednesday. Keith Lee. He beat J.D. Drake with the Big Bang Catastrophe. The BBC. Powerhouse Hobbs. And Ricky Starks were on commentary for this match to observe Lee's match because they're both in the Revolution ladder match along with Keith Lee. 
along with Wardlow. So this was a big man fight. Big man fight. After a couple of chops from J.D. Drake, Lee took him out with a huge pounce. Drake hit a cannonball in retaliation on Lee in the corner, followed up with a moonsault off the top rope, only got him a one count. Drake came off the ropes with a crossbody, but Lee caught him, hoisted up Drake on his shoulders, and then hit the big bang catastrophe for the pinfall. Most of the match happened in the picture-in-picture commercial break. I fucking hate that. But uh, Keith Lee gets the victory, and Keith Lee is now 2-0 in AEW. Keith Lee was very over, man. Keith Lee was very over in Orlando. He will be very over at the pay-per-view. And I look at Keith Lee, and I listen to Keith Lee speak on what went wrong in WWE, and I listen to Vince McMahon on the Pat McAfee show saying that you got to cut the dead weight, and sometimes they got to let the the dead weight go. It's nothing personal, but uh, everybody that was released, or most of the people that are released, they always try and place blame on everybody but themselves, says Vince McMahon. These are word-for-word fucking quotes from the Pat McAfee interview. Everybody that's released tries to place blame on everybody but themselves. I'm sorry, did Keith Lee come up with the bear cat fucking gimmick that netted him failure in WWE? Did Keith Lee all of a sudden just want to change his style from doing what he did under Triple H to working like fucking Mark Henry, like Kane, like fucking Kali, like a prototypical big man in WWE? Whose idea was that? whose idea was to change his theme song three different fucking times. WWE gave Keith Lee absolute garbage that nobody in his situation would have been able to get over. Nobody. Nobody. I defended this man to the high heavens, man. Nothing that happened to Keith Lee on WWE television was his fault. None of it. None of it. So I ask... Why was it so difficult for WWE to do this Keith Lee on their program when Keith Lee worked a very similar match tonight with J.D. Drake like we saw him work with Karrion Cross, But they couldn't keep Keith Lee the way Keith Lee should have been coming up from NXT. They needed to change him. They needed him to be angry. Vince McMahon thought that when he spoke, he sounded too smart. They wanted him to be angry. Keith Lee says, boss, that's not me. Why don't they just let these guys go out there and be themselves and let them get over? WWE wants to give everybody a fucking gimmick, and then when it fails, they want to blame the performer. Meanwhile, they give shit gimmicks to people like Keith Lee, people like Karrion Cross, and then they ultimately fail. Why? Because you opted to change something that was never fucking broken. This is the Keith Lee that we should have got on WWE. Night one. Why didn't that happen? Why did we have to wait all this time to see Keith Lee on AEW television when this is the Keith Lee we should have got from day fucking one? Triple H continues to be right every single fucking time. Every single fucking instance. Triple H continues to be right. The guy is fucking home, man. His pillow soaking wet with tears over what Bruce and Vince have done to NXT. And the man continues to be right. Yo, Paul, your work has not been forgotten, bro. Keith Lee 
should have never fucking failed on WWE television. And I will say this, Keith Lee looked better here than he did in his first match. A lot of people are like, oh, Keith Lee's fat. Oh, Keith Lee's a big guy. Oh, Keith Lee looks winded. Keith Lee picked up J.D. Drake, who is every bit of 300 pounds, and fucking deadlifted him from a power slam position, a fallaway slam position, up on his shoulders, and then into the big bang catastrophe. I don't think a guy that's easily winded would be able to do that. Keith Lee looked very good, and you know what? I'm glad he's healthy. That's the type of guy that should really go out there and prove everybody fucking wrong. Now, I want Keith Lee to cut a promo in the middle of the ring and tell everybody why he's here, what his goals are, and really just kind of set the record straight with everybody. Give us a glimpse into what Limitless is going to be doing on AEW television, setting up his first major feud, which it may be with Will Hobbs after this. I have no idea. I think Keith Lee's first feud is going to be born out of that ladder match on Sunday night, which I'm very much looking forward to. That's going to be fucking chaos. I can't wait. Keith Lee beats J.D. Drake, the fake J.D., I'm the real JD. He beats Mr. Drake with the BBC. Get your minds out of the gutter. CM Punk taped a promo after Wednesday's attack. This was unbelievable. Punk all bloodied, talking about MJF. Punk's white t-shirt was all just soaked in red blood. This was a very intense, very uh, angry CM Punk. He promised to unleash the monster on MJF on Sunday. He's going to walk him like a dog and beat him senseless. This promo was great from CM Punk. In the trainer's room, Doc Sampson was standing in the background listening to this guy just shoot from the hip about MJF and Revolution and this dog collar match on Sunday night. Tony Schiavone interviewed Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling. Sterling bragged about putting... In the contract that Jade Cargill could not be touched until 48 hours before the match. So since Friday is less than 48 hours from Sunday, Tate Conti jumps into the screen with that pump kick and telling Cargill she'll be champ for less than 48 hours. Not looking forward to that match. Very predictable. Um, should be good, but I don't really care when we all know that Jade Cargill is going to just continue to rack up wins and they're building her up as the female Bill Goldberg. Serena Deeb beat Layla Gray in a professor's five-minute challenge. This went one minute. Deeb quickly got the victory with a guillotine choke. Deeb beat Gray after the match. Hikaru Shida came back and returned to AEW and chased off Deeb with several kendo stick shots. Deeb retreated through the crowd. So it looks like we're getting one final match between these two. I don't know when this match will be, but listen. What I'm thinking of is it may actually be too long before we get to May. I don't know when the women's du- uh, the women's uh, Owen Cup. I was going to say the women's Dusty Cup. The women's Owens Cup. I-, I don't know when that Owen Hart tournament is going to take place. The 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 brackets. I would absolutely save these two women for that tournament. Whether it's the finals or whether it's somewhere in the tournament, I would save that match for the tournament. I don't know what AEW is going to do, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing what these two women can do, being that this has been one of the better women's feuds in all of AEW so far in three years. I think these two women have killed it every time they've gone out there, and I'm looking forward to what is, and hopefully is, 
one final match between these two before they move on. And this women's division with Sheeta back only getting better. And we still have debuts coming. I know they're coming. Ember Moon, Athena, Tegan Knox, possibly. Tony Storm, possibly. It's going to be great. You know, we may see Taya Valkyrie. We may see Mia Yim. We may see a whole different women's division come the time the Owen Hart Cup is finally taking place. Christian Cage, he defeated Ethan Page to advance to the final spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match. Cage went for a spear. Page charged in with his own flying shoulder block. Page went for the ego's edge. Cage escaped, hit a spear for the two. He went for the kill switch, but Page countered and sent Cage into the post. Ethan Page then caught Christian for the ego's edge, but Cage slipped out and caught him with the kill switch for the one, two, three. Christian Cage is moving on to the sixth and final spot in the Revolution ladder match. After the match was over, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus came out to celebrate with Christian. The Young Bucks and Red Dragon came out and taunted Jurassic Express. So O'Reilly and Matt Jackson managed to nab one of the title belts. Then Red Dragon and the Bucks began to argue about who would win on Sunday. This allowed Luchasaurus to get the belts back and Jungle Boy to nail all four guys with a dive, a plancha, over the top rope. And that was pretty much the end of the show. I'm going with Red Dragon to win those AEW Tag Team Championships. Rampage was excellent tonight. Unbelievable triple threat match. SmackDown was all right. It wasn't as offensive as, as it has been. Decent night of pro wrestling. And I'm very much looking forward to Revolution on Sunday. I will be live, and we're expecting big numbers. We're expecting big crowds in the venue on Sunday night, so make sure you guys are here with your cold beverages, man. We're going to be talking AEW into the early hours of Monday morning, as soon as Revolution goes off the air, man. Lots to go over on Sunday night, and I will be live for it all for you guys here on Off the Script. Thank you guys for your support, man. Thank you guys for your support. Great show tonight. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a little bit. If you guys want to get them on in, there's still time. It's last call at the bar. We're about to get out of here fairly soon. Thank you guys for the 2,000 plus tonight on Friday night. We are uh, about 44 away from 1,000 likes. If you guys are in the chat right now and have not hit the thumbs up, please hit that thumbs up and let's try to get 1,000 likes on tonight's live stream. Go check out Manscaped, my sponsor for tonight's show, manscaped.com slash nothing. It's manscaped.com slash nothing. It's uh, Script 20 at checkout. Got so many fucking sponsors, man. Script 20 at checkout for your 20% off and free shipping. It's manscaped.com. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. And social media, of course, the best way to keep up to date with everything, at JD from NY206 on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's get into the top, man, with the Super Chats. We got one from Joseph Taylor. He's number one in the venue tonight. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. I can see Bray Wyatt showing up and attacking Hangman Adam Page and setting up the match at double or nothing. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I don't know. I do think that it will be Adam Page versus MJF at double or nothing for the AW World title. 
That's just my prediction. I do not think Cole wins it on Sunday. Will I have a problem if Cole wins it? No. But I do think that Kenny Omega is making his return to AEW, and that is going to kickstart the elite versus the former Undisputed Era this summer for AEW. The Bastardo with a $2 Super Chat. I have Britt. You have Rosa. Loser buys meal at TB House. I'll take you up on that offer, bro. I don't know what the fucking TB House is, but wherever I am next, hopefully you're there. Tony Brown with a $4.99 Super Chat. Sweet meat. Booty meat. What type of booty meat we had tonight, Tony Brown? We had, uh, let's see, we had uh, Sasha Banks. We had Naomi. We had Zelina. We had Carmella. Right? That's some nice booty meat on tonight's show, man. Anthony with a Canadian $20 Super Chat. Your Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair impressions are absolutely amazing. Too, too funny. Ronda Drowsy and Android. Always appreciate your content, JD. Thank you, Anthony. Ronda Rousey legitimately putting people to sleep out here in 2022 on Friday night. Michelle Moran. $5 Super Chat. Sun can't come fast enough. Sunday. Not the actual sun in the sky. Even though I'm waiting for that, too, because it was fucking cold in New York today. Issa's lucky she's still in Puerto Rico. Sun can't come fast enough. This pay-per-view is going to rock. Punk and MJF will tear the house down. And then Brian and Mox. What was that? I, uh, hold on. I fucking hit a button here. Hold on one second. Michelle Moran with our super chat. Uh, Brian and Mox will burn what is left of it. I think that match is going to fucking steal the show, man. Brian and Moxley, I think that match is going to steal the fucking show on Sunday. I really do. D. Bastardo with another $2 super chat. Got Plain and AEW tickets for Rev staying with WWE Insider. Well, listen, bro, you get some info- inside information and you fucking tell me, man, what's going on. Jesus with a $9.99 super chat. Rather spend $50 on Revolution than $10 on WrestleMania. Can't wait for Sunday. Gonna enjoy the pay-per-view with some wings and a cold drink. Pay-per-view is going to be awesome on Sunday night, man. I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to be making some poutine, though. Some air-fried fries in the Ninja Air Fryer. Some cheese curds and some brown gravy, man. Mm-mm-mm. So good. Theo with a 999 Super Chat. Can we all please see a match between Punk and Adam Page? I think that'll happen in due time. How about CM Punk and Adam Cole? How about that? I'd rather see that match. Uh, Theo, thank you so much, man. Eli with a four-month membership. Are we live? Yes, we are. Jeremy Harris with a $20 Super Chat. Hey, JD, you're the best. No hands down. Your podcast is like no other. No filters. Straight, true facts. Listening to you made me see I'm not alone in the disappointment in WWE business mentality. Just downright awful. Good podcast, JD. Thank you, Jeremy Harris. I appreciate you, man. Shout out to you, bro. Shout out to you, brother. I appreciate you. 
We got 813 Car Guy with a $50 super chat. What an amazing rampage in person. I sat next to Kid Behind the Camera. Even Rampage was like a concert. Listen, bro, I I seen that picture he sent me on Twitter. And I'm like, bro, you got to ask him what's going on. Is he a hater? Is he he a fan? What, What is he? So he sends me a DM. And he said he's about to ask what's going on here. And then he sends me a video of you two guys. And I just laugh my ass off hysterically on the couch. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I wish I could have been there with you guys. I really wish. That's the type of energy I love, man. That's the type of energy I want to feel. I would have loved to have been in Orlando, but it really would have made no sense for me, man. I'm trying to save some money. I would rather do Vegas, obviously. I mean, it's not a difficult thing. Difficult thing to figure out there. I'd rather do Vegas than Orlando. I mean, Orlando's all right, but it's kind of boring. I'd rather do Vegas. Go to Double or Nothing. Or if I can't do Double or Nothing because I feel like there's going to be a House of Glory show that that weekend, I may do Dallas and WrestleMania. I'm not going to WrestleMania, but I'll be in Dallas for WrestleMania, maybe. But I appreciate you, 50, bro. Thank you so much. Your message was awesome. And uh, shout out to Kid Behind a Cameraman. Love him. Just really, really great shit, man. I, I I love when things like that happen in the community. I really do. DC. With a Canadian $10 super chat. I missed both shows tonight because I was watching the new Batman movie. But still here to support you, JD. The Batman is the best movie since The Dark Knight. Maybe even better. Go see it. No. I will go see it eventually. But better than The Dark Knight? Bro, I'm telling you, I haven't even seen it. I don't even know what it's about. It's not better than The Dark Knight. It will never be better than The Dark Knight. So everybody that's saying it's better than The Dark Knight, get it out of your fucking heads. It's not. Just Heath Ledger alone, it's not. Harry212 with a $10 super chat. Ronda Drowsy is way more effective than NyQuil. Absolute trash. I agree. You can go get your Ronda Drowsy in the uh, cold and flu section at CVS. It's right next to the Afro-nasal spray. Jacob Donnelly with an 11-month re-up. VIP for 11 months is Jacob Donnelly. Thank you, brother. Eddie Kingston mentioned Reese's Pie tonight in his promo. I, I did mention that. I don't know why I didn't put that in my notes. I don't know who's running catering at AEW, but clearly Titus got competition. Bro, if there's a Reese's Pieces Pie in catering at AEW, man, sign me up. I love Reese's Pieces, man. You know what I do with my Reese's Pieces? I put them in the freezer. I like them cold. I like them chilled. So good, man. Shakoy with a $5 super chat. I'm going to be at AEW FanFest and Revolution representing the OTS Army. Wish me luck. Plus, what debut do you believe is going to happen at Revolution? I don't think we need any debut. Just put on a good fucking show. Seriously, just put on a good show. And if you're going to represent the OTS Army, bro, just make sure you don't run into any haters. They're everywhere. Majin becomes a member for nine months. Thank you, Majin. 
$5 super chat from Spear of the Wolf. SmackDown is the Rampage waiting. John A with a $5 super chat. What are you some What are some of your favorite music groups? And were you an NWO guy or DX guy back in the day? Which do you prefer? I was a DX guy back in the day. Some of my favorite music groups right now, uh, I'm listening to uh, two bands in particular right now. Elysian, death metal band. I think that's the way you pronounce their name. They got a new album out right now. It's fucking great. And Mercenary. They're a Denmark um, melodic death metal band. Their lead singer, Renee, is fucking incredible, man. I'm actually going to hit them up. I, I want to see if I could actually use some of their music on the show. It- it's that good. It's that good. Wild Stallion, 77, with fight off Super J. AEW and JD tonight. UFC 272 and AEW pay-per-view and JD Sunday. One great weekend. I appreciate you, Wild Stallions. Awesome. It's going to be a very good weekend, man. Make sure your beverages are ice cold. J499 Super Chat. JD, if WWE builds up Austin Theory correctly, would you want him to defeat Roman Reigns? No. Not even reading the rest of your Super Chat, bro. I appreciate your fight, Alice. Nobody should beat Roman Reigns. Nobody. Unless you have a top guy that you're about to give the new thrown to, nobody's beating Roman Reigns. It's not Drew McIntyre. It's not uh, Seth Rollins. It's not Brock Lesnar. It's not The Rock. Nobody should beat Roman. Nobody. I have a feeling WWE is going to fuck that up royally. We got Mark Elaine Lazaro with a 50 in his country's currency. I don't know what it is. I wish YouTube would fucking tell me. Eddie Kingston and O. Cassidy is great commentary team in Hog. Yes, if there were two wrestlers that me and Jason represent, yes, I'm Eddie Kingston and he's Orange Cassidy. Yes. Oh my God, we got Issa's in the chat. Issa, what's going on? Roman Reigns can smash me. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, man. I just said before, get your minds out of the gutter. Issa's over here wanting Roman Reigns to smash her. Issa wants Roman Reigns to acknowledge her. I don't think that's going to be a very difficult thing for, for Issa to accomplish, to be honest with you. Uh, Brandon Jefferson with 499 Super Chat. I almost passed out during Ronda's segment. Jesus Christ, man. I'm telling you, man, that Ronda Drowsy is fucking some strong shit. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. Flying out to Orlando from Islip Sunday morning. Absolutely psyched for revolution. Can you please act out a convo between Ronda Drowsy and Omas? Oh, my God. Um. Hi, guys. My name is Ronda Drowsy. And I'm going to WrestleMania. And I'm wrestling Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I just had a baby. And I live on Rousey Acres. Omas is my best friend. Omas, how are you doing? Oh, Rhonda! My name is Omas! 
Thank you, MGM. $4.99. Brandon Jefferson, I'd rather get jumped by UFC fighters than watch Mania. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. JD, when I found out that Ring of Honor is now owned by TK and the E Drones, WrestleMania. Well, I, I, hold on, let me, let me reread this. When I found out that Ring of Honor is now owned by TK, the E Drones, WrestleMania, WWE, and Vince are irrelevant. By the way, will you review Supercard of, Super of Honor? No. I, I don't even know if Supercard of Honor is going to be on streaming or anywhere. Fight TV, maybe. I don't know. No. Now, I'm not reviewing Supercard of Honor, man. There's so much going on that weekend, I can't add any more wrestling to the list. I can't. They just announced TakeOver. It's not TakeOver. I'm uh, Listen, Paul, I'm sorry. Paul, I'm sorry. I missed TakeOver, bro. Stand and deliver. They announced that uh, f- Saturday, night one of WrestleMania. Right? To, uh, st- stand and deliver is taking place at 1 p.m. on Saturday. I don't even know if I'm going to review it. Philip Newton with 499 Superjet. I saw the new Batman film tonight. It was awesome. I have the new Japan Cup 2022 and Revolution to watch as well. Yes, I want to see the new Batman. I heard it's three hours long. Is that true? Israel with a five-dollar super chat. What a great match on Rampage, and because it was live, and you write, it's got to go live. I thought Darby was going to win there for a second. Now Sammy's not losing that title anytime soon. Easton says I drank ten water bottles watching Roman's promo. Oh my goodness. And he was uh, he was getting very boisterous there, wasn't he? I can only imagine what that does to uh, the women out there, man. When Roman raises his voice like that in a very intense manner. Man of a thousand and five holds with a five dollar super chat. WrestleMania has a better card than Revolution. Said no one ever. I'm confident Revolution will deliver. Mox and Brian will be match of the night. I, I may agree with you there, bro. I think Mox and Brian are going to steal the show. Leo Gallimara. $5 Super Chat. Charlotte Flair saying nobody has ever tapped her out. WWE really thinks their audience is stupid. Natalia, Becky, Sasha five times. And Oscar. WWE doesn't rely on past history, bro. What do you want me to say? They take their fans to be fucking stupid. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. People that support Vince McMahon are the same people that want Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame. Brylan Williams with a $10 Super Chat. Could you wish my uncle Keenan Jackson a happy belated birthday, 30th birthday? It was yesterday. Much love to you, brother. Uncle Keenan. Happy birthday, man. What are you drinking? If you drink, that is. Some people may not drink cold beverages. But if you drink an alcoholic adult beverage, man, what are you drinking? What are we playing here? What do we got? Let's put on some Doc. Um, We got Issa with a $4.99 super chat. Thank you, Issa. Uh, one of your goons called me a geek, and I didn't time him out. What the fuck is wrong with me? Am I soft now? LOL. See you next week. You owe me a drink. You let me know. You let me know. And no, you're not soft. Don't let anybody call you a geek here. You got the wrench next to your name. 
Time them out. McSwagga with a eight-month membership. Any chance you stream Destiny anytime soon? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I've been through everything, man. I, what am I? What am I? Fifteen sixty-three light right now. If we could get the guys to do the raid, I may stream the raid. I don't know. I deleted all the videos on the second channel. I don't know what I want to do with the second channel. Gaming, gaming is boring. Video gaming is boring, man. Call of Duty's dead. I don't have time to put into Elden Ring. I'd like to play some Elden Ring. And Destiny, I, I love playing Destiny in my off time, man. It, it calms me down. It makes me chill out, you know? I don't know. We'll see. Leo Gallimaro with a $2 super chat. Do you think MJF should go over on Sunday? Yes, I do. We talked about this on Wednesday. But I do think Punk is going to win. Ryo Wildfire. Saw the Batman. 10 out of 10 movie. The Batman will be on HBO Max on April 19th, says JT Golden with a 199 super chat. Really now? I'll wait. I got HBO Max. We'll watch it then. It's a 10 out of 10 movie. I don't know about it. Bro, The Dark Knight was a 10 out of 10 movie. You're pretty much saying it's better than The Dark Knight. No. Lauren Hutton with a $5 super chat. What a great go-home show for AEW. And SmackDown is always bad. They were all right tonight. It wasn't good, but it wasn't as offensive as it was the previous weeks. What do you think of McAfee Theory? Revolution is looking epic. Revolution is by my area. Lauren, I talked about McAfee and Theory tonight during the SmackDown portion of the podcast. So if you guys want to go listen back to that, I uh, give everything you need, all my thoughts there for Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. I do think that it's going to be a very good match. It's got the potential to be a very good undercard match. And seeing that Pat McAfee and Adam Cole had a great match on NXT at TakeOver... I would expect Pat McAfee to go into WrestleMania and do the same thing. And Austin Theory is no slouch. He's very good at what he does. So we will see, uh, hopefully, they both tear the house down at WrestleMania. It's much better than watching Johnny Knoxville and Logan Paul. So good on Pat McAfee, man. I love Pat McAfee. I think he does a great job on commentary. I'd love to have a show like his and take off the script to that level. That's what I want off the script to be in its final form. Whatever Pat McAfee's doing for the Pat McAfee show, I want that to be off the script. He's excellent at what he does. Very good at what he does. But guys, I am about to get out of here, man. It's that time. It is that time. It's Friday night. We got a lot going on. And we're about to get out of here and uh, go home. I have to get out of here and go home, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for stopping by and hanging out on your Friday nights. It's crazy, man. Friday night is the slowest night of the week, man. 3,000 in the venue on Monday for all. We got uh, almost 3, we had 3,100 people in the venue for Dynamite. SmackDown can't even break 2,000 people, man. Is it because it's Friday night or, or is SmackDown really that fucking terrible? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. I have no idea. No idea. Anyway, um, if there's any more breaking news, I will uh, be back with some sort of video this weekend, maybe on Sunday, right before Revolution. But if there's no breaking news, I will see you guys live on Sunday night for Revolution. Going to be a great night. 
I'll be live tweeting. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Thank you guys for 1,000 likes. We hit the minimum. Thank you for all the super chats. I love you guys. Go hit up Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for your 20% off and that free shipping. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Really, really great stuff. Really great stuff. Anyway, guys, it's that time. I need two things from you right now in the chat. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Thank you, guys. And I'll see you live on Sunday for Revolution right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.